Welcome to another episode of the Team Creek Tribe podcast. This is episode number eight. We're going to start this episode off with this week's weekly wisdom, our first principle of black belt, modesty. Modesty is having self-respect. When you value yourself with quiet pride, you accept praise with humility and gratitude. Modesty is being comfortable with yourself and setting healthy boundaries. Arrogance is considered as a thick barrier that detaches you from the caring and respect of others, and thus you can influence them negatively. Modesty is important in winning the confidence of others and keeping away from greed, envy, and other reprehensible characteristics. People do not generally enjoy the company of a show-off beyond the entertainment value of their skill. Commonly, those who are boastful are challenged more often to prove their abilities, and this can lead to unnecessary conflict. There is no folly in being proud of your abilities, but it is important to be realistic in your evaluation of yourself and not to rub it in the face of others. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast, Ranchi Molly Skasha. Here I am. Welcome back. And I'm so honored that I keep getting invited. Yeah, no, I think it's great to have. I do, I do like it to have a little uh, back and forth and kind of bring out some great ideas as we discuss topics. Um, you know, it's interesting that modesty is this week's um, weekly wisdom because we're also promoting the upcoming tournament. And what's interesting to me is competition doesn't always bring out modesty in people. But um, something I know uh, from from just thinking about who we've been drawn to um, when it comes to like fighters that we like, professional fighters, it seems to always be the ones who are modest in their wins. They're not the ones that brag and you know jump around and, and, and cause a, a big scene, but they're always very modest, humble in their um, in their wins. And, um, Did you know that that's one of the biggest things that attracted me to you? Other than, of course, your rugged Italian good looks. It was, <laughs> it was your modesty, for real. I remember when I first saw you sparring in upstate New York in that indoor-outdoor carpet on concrete, the school <laughs> that we were went to. Um, I saw you sparring, and I was, of course, impressed straight away with how talented you were. But it was your attitude when you were sparring and when you were done, that was so impressive to me to see somebody like so talented and so humble at the same time. So it's, it's a really powerful trait. Thank you. That's nice to hear. I did know that you've shared that story with me before, but now, now our listeners know it as well. It's not a secret anymore. It's not a secret. Um, so I thought we could talk a little bit about, our upcoming tournament and some of the things that happen uh, as people consider whether or not to participate in a tournament you know there's there's different schools of thought like is competition good should I compete Um, is it good for my child does it put too much stress on them does it um, set them up for um, disappointment if they don't win, right? There's so many different um, angles to look at this. And so I thought we could kind of bounce some ideas back and forth. And um, 
our listeners can kind of gather what they will from our conversation. Yeah, it's pretty interesting when I when I think about um, typically the the people that have been the most excited, and I, I'm speaking from a, a ch- the children's point of view because adults always um, impress me when they put themselves out there just right away. Um, sure. I mean, really, anybody that enters a competition, I'm automatically like so impressed with. But um, the children, the the parents that enroll, I think the ones that stand out to me, at least, are the the parents that sometimes see their their child doing really well in class. They see them nailing a performance, and they get excited. Which, of course, you know, you see your child's good at something, and you think, wow, they might actually have a shot at winning. And then that's the majority. But then there are some parents that um, enroll their their children into a competition, even though they don't really believe that they're going to win. And that's like really something to me as well, because to kind of put your child out there knowing that they're not going to win and, and having the higher level understanding that this might still be ultimately hard for them in the moment, but long term good for them. It's really kind of mind blowing. Well, like, let's let's talk about that long term good for a second. What what do you feel? Let's say a, a child who who isn't naturally um, coordinated and they're not the most detailed, but they've got a lot of heart and they they go out there and they they perform and ultimately they don't win. Maybe they maybe they don't. They're not in the top four. They didn't leave with a trophy. Um, but they did compete. How, how does that situation still turn into a greater good? Well, I think it starts with um, how how the competition is presented, how the child goes into it, um, their expectations um, about you know what what the tournament is and what it means, and do they walk in expecting that they're going to get a certain thing and so they've already kind of maybe set themselves up for a failure or do they go into it thinking well I might I might win something I might not but it's possible if I do my best I could I could win something you know and if if it was you know I, I can't really use Julian as an example because our organization didn't compete in tournaments when the kids were younger so I don't really have that experience of bringing a young child that doesn't have sound expectations. You know, my experience has always been with Julian, who knew who going in that he was probably going to lose um, and still wanted to go. But I think if, I mean, speaking just theoretically, I, I think if I was going to bring, you know, my child to a tournament and I wasn't sure what the outcome was going to be, I would have that discussion ahead of time and talk about the value with them. You know, I, I always, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I always went into things. I had very kind of adult-like conversations with my kids, not inappropriate, but just more like, well, this is why we're going to do this. And this is why I think it's a value. And this is why, you know, what we can choose to take from it, um, you know, and always, of course, trying to put a positive spin on it, but then having, sharing with them the understanding that they might not win anything and why it's still a great idea to go. 
And then there's always the the little cheat at the end, like, well, and, you know, if you don't win, we can still have fun later by doing X, Y, and Z because I'll still be so proud of you, you know, that you went and you kind of put yourself out there. So Yeah, that's that's one of the, the big things that I was trying to get at is, you know, the fact that they put themselves out there, the fact that they they overcome a fear of performing in front of a, a large group of people or, or performing in front of judges who are who are going to judge them and give them a score right potentially um you know they they could have that moment where they they didn't do well and then they're faced with these lower scores and it, it reminds me of um the the kind of person who says well what if what if i don't win or what if it goes poorly and if we flip that around, I like to say, well, what if you do great? <laughs> what if you knock it out of the park, right? If we focus on, um, you know, the more positive ending, that's certainly going to produce a better result. It doesn't guarantee that you'll win. It doesn't guarantee that you, you go home with a trophy, but it does improve the odds. And um, the idea that somebody is putting themselves on the line that they're facing their fears that they're they're overcoming this fear of potential failure and moving forward with it anyway i think is so admirable and the reason we're talking about this is we see a clear um what's the word trend a trend that people are less inclined like we've done these tournaments several years now and and it seems like this year, you know, the participation is lower than we would like, than we've had in the past. And and it's it seems to be, at least from what I can tell, is when we talk to our junior black belts, because they're closest with us, obviously we have a rapport with them that we can directly ask them. Um, it just strikes me as they don't want to lose. They don't want to, they don't want to put themselves out there like that because they have this belief that they're a black belt and they should be performing to a certain standard and what if they don't right and um you know i think it's i think when you when you think about what you want your child what what characteristics you want your child to display like yesterday i played gladiators with the little champions and i was surprised twice during that short game once there was a little boy who lost and got really upset which I guess doesn't surprise me, but I guess I I didn't even think he would realize on that level because he was so young that he lost the game. And he bounced back really quickly, thank goodness, but there was that that surprised me. But then what really surprised me was there's a, a little boy who's become, he's really changed over the course of almost a year now. He's, my gosh, he's improved so much, and he's like a leader in my class now. And he lost... He's only in, he's in kindergarten. He's only five years old. He lost. Not for a moment was he upset. And he went out of his way to congratulate the little girl that beat him. And you could, I could have fallen over. I was so surprised and proud of him. And I kind of forgot all about the little girl that won. Like that didn't even didn't even occur to me to say, wow, you know, you won. I was so caught up in being impressed with him that. I think that's remarkable. And I think to myself, of course, that's what I would want for my kids. I'd want my kids, even if they lost, 
to not focus on themselves because I think there's way too much of that going on in the world today. We're all consumed with what we have going on and not enough of, you know, what can I do for somebody else when I wake up in the morning or how can I help somebody else? And this kid just exemplified to me that that notion that, wow, that's what I want my kids to be like. And my point is, how do you develop that kind of um, that kind of, you know, characteristic in your children, that empathy, that empathic understanding. And then, you know, um, it just, it goes along with there, you know, all of the things that I think competition brings out in kids and, and why it's a value. Um, when you think of, of their self-esteem, you might think, well, you know, losing a competition isn't going to help their self-esteem, but you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it brings out, you know, the the concept that they don't have to be the best at something to be a winner. You know, I, I talk to another mom about this all the time who has a child that struggles with academics. And sometimes I say to her, so what? So so what he got to see? What does that mean? Long term, does that mean that he's not going to be more successful than the person next to him is getting an A? No, it doesn't. Maybe he's learning that he has to work a little bit differently or a little bit harder, but maybe that will serve him even more than the child next to him who breezes by and doesn't work hard and just gets A's. So I think it all ties into self-esteem and self-efficacy and um, you know them learning about performance accomplishments and vicarious experiences, um, you know, watching someone else win. And being genuinely happy for someone else who got the first. And we see that kind of stuff in, in these tournaments. We do. Moments like that. We even personally see it with our own children. Mateo. Mateo being genuinely excited for Julian's wins. Um, and, and never a moment of being jealous about it. Yeah. Like just fully just loving the fact that his big brother was out there you know, do, doing so well. And even if it wasn't a win, even if it was like, you know, a fourth place or a sixth place or whatever place. Um, just he always believes Julian should have won. Right, right. <laughs> but he, he, he's never angry or upset when he doesn't. And he cheers for him like he won. It's very cute. Yeah. You know, I want to talk a little bit about since we, since we brought up Julian's tournament um, experiences, you know, my, my memory of it is when he first started competing, he, um, he did really well, took some first place trophies. Um, and especially in the U S open, um, and he was in the, um, I guess what they call the, the non, the, not the professional NASCA, um, division, but the, um, the regular black belt division. And, and we saw how easily he, he took first place trophy in that the first year and we said well this isn't the right division for you you need to go up you know you need to go up into the into the true nasca divisions and be challenged by um you know the top competition and and so when he did that he went from you know getting easy wins to getting hit by a freight train yeah (laughs) yeah really getting bowled over um and it and it came as a little bit of a you know a shock to him and 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 probably to all of us, um, you know, because we even then we thought he was so talented and so capable, and he was. But there were other kids that had been doing that tournament scene much longer, 
and they they had honed their tournament you know routines to a, just another level. Well, here's an interesting addition to this this story, which I don't mean to cut you off, but I don't know if you were going here, and I want to make sure I say this before I forget. My instinct as a parent at one point was to say to him, after tournament after tournament, and when I say tournament, I'm talking like flying him to Minnesota, staying in hotels, you know, leaving my home. We would always have to do it separately because one person would have to run the dojo. It was time. It was money to fly all the way out there. And sometimes the judges weren't even watching him. They were looking at their phones or it was so frustrating. And at one point I said to him, do you want to start competing in the non-professional division again? Because he could easily win. Right. And shame on me for doing that. And his response was, absolutely not. It wasn't about winning. And so here my son was teaching me, reminding me of, you know, because as a parent, we're so, you know, I'm so protective of him and his feelings. And I get devastated, you know, when he's not successful. But his 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 attitude was, no, I... And then we realized, anyway, from that, that he wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. right? When we look right. back at at what the his people, when the feedback he was getting, those people were right. He wasn't good enough. He was slower than he needed to be, and his tricks weren't developed enough, and his his weapons handling wasn't, you know, um, wasn't difficult enough. Like his level of difficulty and his tricking. Mm-hmm. So it was incredible because. You, you get defensive and you get like, wait a minute, he's not, you know, he shouldn't have gotten this or he shouldn't have gotten that. And then you kind of take a step back and sometimes yeah. they, they show you the right way to go. And in the end, it's not about the trinket. It's not about the, the metal trophy or that thing you're going to put up on the shelf. I mean, those are nice. It's nice to have that memento of, of your experience. But ultimately, Julian learned much more from his losses than he ever did from his wins, right? And I mean, that's that's the saying, you know. You always, even even if you're just in class and you feel like somebody whooped you in a sparring match, you learn much more from that match than you do when you were the one who, um, you know, dominated the other person. So, I think the the story of you know, should I compete or not? I, I think it's. It can be great if, is like you said, as long as you go into it with the expectations of, you know, whether I win or lose, I can learn something from this. If if I um, go into it with the right state of mind and and um, you know make it an enjoyable experience and and understanding that a loss doesn't equal a failure. It's not you didn't fail. You just didn't win. You didn't win. Like. Um, somebody who wins today doesn't mean they're always going to win. Somebody who loses today doesn't mean they're always going to lose. It's just a temporary thing. It's feedback for the moment about how much you prepared, how much you know you've developed your your ability to perform under pressure. And I think that's that's a really important thing to understand. And I think that it there's a big, a huge um, opportunity for learning. In, in these kinds of moments. And if we shield them from that, they're missing that opportunity. Because nowadays it's this this mindset of everybody gets something, which I will admit that we do in the champs. We do the, the medals for the participants. But that their level of understanding isn't fully developed in the same sense that a junior's would be. Um, so there is that, you know, very solid argument. But 
when you're speaking about juniors and above, they need to understand that they're not going to be handed things. And if we fail to do that for them, we're not doing them any favors. It's just going to be that much more difficult. And, we, you know, that's the same same advice that we give to people and we believe in when we talk about quitting and giving up. Um, you're, you're sending them a message. And not that you have to enroll in this tournament. You don't, of course. But I'm saying this is an example of an opportunity within a place where you can be here with them, you can experience it with them, in a room full of people who care about them, doing things that, you know, they are good at. All of our, we teach our students, you know, what we believe to be the best we can give them. So they're all capable of doing it. Um, And if you set it up right, it could be just a huge opportunity, I think. Yeah. As a parent. Absolutely. So that's the why. The why you should do it. You know, you brought up the idea of like everybody gets a trophy or, you know, those those stories we've heard about um, maybe different sports or, or different scenarios where everybody gets the participation award. And I think the worst examples of those are when, you know, like the first place trophy looks exactly like the trophy of somebody who just competed and didn't score, you know, didn't place. There's no distinction. Everybody just gets the same kind of uh, handout at the end. And that, that that completely pulls away the motivation for people to do a better job. Um, so, yeah, the idea that we have, we have trophies for first, second, and third, and fourth place. And they vary in size, right? The, the first place trophy is the biggest one, and that, that it's done to, um, you know, to really be a symbol of that, that person in that moment performed the best and then um, they get progressively smaller down to fourth place and then fifth sixth seventh and eighth place are medals because i think it's nice to still award and have some sort of um you know some sort of memento that i came and i participated i put myself on the line and it's a little reminder of that um when they go home and Maybe they see it hanging on their wall in their bedroom or whatever. But then, like you said, above little champions, there is the possibility that somebody goes home without anything. You know, they didn't, if there's more than eight people in their division, the, any, anything more than eight, those, those students have the potential to not even have a medal. And there's still, I think that makes, you try harder. I know I've been in tournaments where um, I left with nothing, didn't score. I didn't didn't uh, score high enough to be in the in the trophies, and um, didn't have they didn't have medals or didn't didn't score high enough to even make it into the to the medals. And at that point, you have a decision to make. I'm either gonna try harder or I'm gonna quit. And those are the fork in the road decisions right. that people make. I'll, I'll you know just about you were talking. I was, my mind was wandering and I was realizing how long we've been doing this because Mateo was like nine or 10. I don't know if you remember this. We, we had the tournaments, um, and they actually participated. Julian and Mateo used to actually enter them Mm -hmm. and we wouldn't allow us to judge. Of course, of course. Right. And there was a sparring. Mateo was in the sparring and 
he lost a point. I think he actually, I don't know if he won the match or not. My recollection isn't really that clear, but he lost, he might have lost that match or definitely that point. And he was so upset because he was so, like, we, we even had it on video and he scored the point. And he, he was like, and I got robbed of that. And my, I mean, I'm going to be really blunt. I said, well, too bad. I said, sometimes, you know, life isn't fair. I said, you have to next time be so good that it's undeniable because mistakes are going to be made. You're not always going to be treated fairly. It's, it is a, a, a karate tournament. It isn't, you know, it's important. Yeah. And I'm glad you value it, but this isn't, you know, the be all end all of everything. This is an opportunity for you to say next time, I'm going to be so good that it will be undeniable that I will get that point and I will win that match. It, you just have to decide if you want that. And, you know, they, they just took a test and they didn't do well on it. And I'm saying the exact same thing to them today. Well, I guess you didn't work hard enough You thought like you thought you did. So you have to go back to the drawing board and you have to do things differently now. There's no, oh, well, your teacher must not be very good. No, no excuses. And this is just me. This is how I am with my kids. I'm, I'm not, please don't think I'm trying to tell you how to parent, but this is just the way I approach it. I, I give them the, I mean, tough love. Of course, I'm, I, you know, I'm there for them, of course, but I don't let them make excuses. I, I won't listen to it. Well, if you want a different outcome, you have to prepare differently. We have to do, what else can we do? Let's have a plan. Mm -hmm. Giving up is never an option. We have to have a plan. And if this is what you want, this is what we have to do. There's Giving up isn't even a conversation I'll have with them. And I hope that that serves them in the future. That, that's all I can do as a parent. Right. Well, great. I think we've covered some um, really good ideas for people to consider when it comes to uh, you know competition in general, and then specifically for this upcoming tournament, which is really just two weeks away from this Saturday. So it's coming up on October 5th, and if you've been on the fence about competing, I want to strongly encourage you to, to, to make the jump, do it. You will look back and you will have a sense of accomplishment, even if the only reason is because you faced your fears and you and you you know you moved forward anyway and who knows you just might do great i have an idea sure how about if anyone that listens to this podcast private messages us by the end of the day this is their reward for listening to us jammer on for however many minutes it's been they can have ten dollars off their registration Ooh. All right, so... So they have to send us a text message or Facebook message with the word offer, and we'll give them a code. We'll give you a code $10 to take $10 off, off your tournament Eugene. registration. That is... I just put Sheehan totally on the spot. Totally on the spot, but I, I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. It, it lets us know that they've listened to the... Is anybody listening? <laughs> <laughs> they've listened to the podcast. They considered the things we had to say, and, you know, maybe in, in doing that, it's, you know kind of influence them to make a decision and and so we'll reward that and we'll give you a ten dollar coupon uh, to compete all right guys thanks for listening this was episode number eight of the team creek tribe podcast and we hope to uh, have you back again on our next episode have a great 
Tschüss.